0: The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Breezy Johnson is a skier from the USA who specializes in going very, very fast. This season has been a breakout one for Breezy, who's finished on the podium four times at World Cup events. It's been a long road for the 25 year old who's come back from what seemed like a never ending stream of injuries. There was a bad fracture in her leg plus multiple ligament injuries, ACL, MCL, PCL. And she's been super honest with how hard it was to deal mentally with all those setbacks. Now though, she's gearing up for the World Championships in Italy and in the form of her life. So Breezy, how are you? How are things?
1: Thanks. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, Things are good. We're in Italy right now. Uh, We're getting pasta. We're going to get some more pasta. Life is good.
0: (laughs) Italian food. I love it. Back-to-back pasta. So, um, the world's in Cortina, where you are now. Reigning champion, um, Sofia Goja, won't be racing in the downhill due to injury. I mean, as I mentioned, you've suffered well, your fair share of injuries, so I'm sure you can empathise with her, but you're fit and ready and after everything you've been through, things are, well, they're starting to go your way.
1: Yeah, it seemed like things were going my way for a long time up to the Olympics and I felt very blessed by the sport and, you know, kind of life and I felt really lucky and then I felt very unlucky for a couple of years there, um, through the injuries, um, and, you know, never really knew whether this day was waiting at the end of that journey. Um, and, you know, it's been, it's been a real dream come true, um, to be, to be back here and, um, you know, to have had the podiums and, to you know, be going into world champs as, you know, a somewhat favourite. So um, that's really exciting.
0: I mean, the injuries, especially after the 2018 Olympic experience, they were so hectic. (laughs) The um, anterior cruciate ligament injury, especially, but then obviously the PCL, the MCL. Uh, I mean, that takes a lot of resilience physically, but more mentally. I mean, a lot of people would just like walk away from the sport. So, I mean... How close did you come? What spurred you on?
1: No, never really considered retirement because, um, you know, I live for race day. It's my favorite day. It's the day when, you know, you have to put it all on the line. You are skiing your best. That feeling of going down a downhill course at 80 miles an hour and, you know, executing your plan. It's this combination ski racing is of a very tactical mental sport and a very physical sport and you feel this moment where your body and your mind are both working at a hundred percent and to me it's the feeling of living um and that was I think the hardest part with the injuries was you know, maybe I could train, maybe I could do, you know, cool workouts, but I never had that feeling of racing. And I spent so long feeling like I hadn't lived. Um, like I hadn't been 100% myself. And, um, you know, to be back, you know, the, the first time I raced, I was like, there it is again. And I didn't know if it was going to feel the same. I didn't know if, Um, I was going to be able to find that sort of space that I step into on race day, that mentality, but um, doing that was, you know, all I'd ever wanted and was really incredible to be able to accomplish. And um, I've just been kind of trying to seize every day since. So
0: perhaps this is like super obvious, but for me at least, Totally personally, it seems really scary to go that fast, you know, um, and when you are going that fast, given all the injuries that you've had in the past, you know, there's a risk there mentally and physically. Um, So how do you silence that? How do you put that all to one side and still like go for it? How how can you be so brave?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I think I'm lucky that, you know, I have this kind of ability that sort of a hundred percent mentally focused on what I'm about to do doesn't really leave space for a lot of doubt. It doesn't, you know, I think, um, there's always fear. There's always fear in going fast. I think there's this sort of myth that downhill skiers are, are fearless. Um, and we're not, but what I've always kind of come to terms with is you can be scared to death of something and do it anyway. Um I don't know if you've ever gone like cliff jumping, but I always say that I kind of learned to be a downhill skier when I first went cliff jumping because I was scared, you know, blank something less on the top of that cliff, but I was like you're never going to not be afraid of this. But you can still jump. The part that the part of your brain that tells your body to jump is not the same as the one that's scared. Um, and so you just have to, you know, I would say it's like you're sitting in a car and fear just doesn't get to be in charge of the steering wheel. So you start off, you know, fear sitting in the passenger seat, you know, yelling and it's really close and maybe it can grab the wheel at times. And then you get to the point where you can throw it in the back seat and then you can throw it in the trunk. <laughs> and it's always going to be with you. It's always going to be in that car with you. Um, but it doesn't get to control what you do and how you act. And so that's sort of have to, how you have to ski downhill is, you know, I really don't want to go straight off this jump, but I'm going to do it anyway. And, you know, the other thing that I've come to terms with over, you know, a long career in ski racing is that. Fast skiing is safer skiing. Um, When you're forward, when you're over the outside ski, you don't make as many mistakes. When you're backseat and timid and you, you know, are letting things come at you and you're being reactive, you're not as quick, you're not as on top of it, and you're not as safe. Um, You're never going to be 100% safe. You have to acknowledge that. Anybody who believes that they are immune to injury or immune to, you know, bad things happening is kidding themselves. But, um, you know, I'm prepared to take that risk. But with taking that risk, I also acknowledge that skiing my best is the safest place that I can be. And it's also why I do it. So, you know, there's two really good reasons and no bad reasons. So, can
0: hang out in the back trunk. I I love jumping off cliffs by the way. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. Well, that's like the thrill of life, right? You know. And um, the other thing I noticed that you like on Instagram is that you like the cold water, which is another thing that I really love by the way. I'm super into it. So I mean, what's the story behind that? I know that Lindsay Vaughn said that one thing that she would not miss after she retired was ice baths. So, you know, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, one thing is that, you know, I'm from Jackson Hole. It's an amazing place. And it's got these crazy cool high alpine lakes there. Um, You know, and across the Mountain West, there's all these amazing lakes. And so, you know, it's really... Um, you know, this kind of adventure thing that I started getting into where it was like, let's go try to find this cool Alpine lake. And then like, once you get there, like, well, what are you going to do? You got to jump into it. Like, you didn't just like go all that way to like, go look at it. You got to like fully experience it. Right. So, you know, we started, you know, we went to all these lakes. We went, you know, a couple of years ago, we went to this lake, um, in the Tetons and it had these icebergs floating into it. And so we jumped in, but we also, we, um, you're not allowed to take paddle boards in uh, Grand Teton National Park to the high Alpine lakes. You can take them on the low lakes, but not the high ones. And so we paddled around on these icebergs. And so, yeah, we did. We found these icebergs that were like the perfect size for like paddling around on and we just paddled them around and it was like nobody has ever paddleboarded on this lake but we did because we did it on icebergs and so it's kind of this adventure thing and then also it's kind of just like it's similar it's a very similar feeling to downhill because you know that it's, like, about to be super cold and not very fun at all, and you just kind of are, like, force yourself to do it anyway, and it's kind of, you know, something that you kind of trick yourself into, and, um, and kind of defying that fear, defying so many things that are telling you not to do it is really cool, but you know, I've also done some fun adventures. We, uh, you know, a friend and I went on a run, a 20 mile run this summer to a hot springs. And so if you know any cool hot springs adventures, you know, it's really about the adventure. Um, But also water is just like, you know, it's a super cool thing because you can like really immerse yourself in it and really like feel like you were there with it. And Um, that's something too about like downhill like you know Cortina is like such a cool track and you really feel like you're part of the mountain when you're skiing it you know you ski through that Tofana chute and you're like like there's something that happens in that particular venue where you really feel like you become part of this incredible place and that's something really cool that's similar to jumping into high alpine lakes.
0: So if we you know rewind the clock back to the Olympics in 2018 at Pyeongchang in Korea. Uh, The weather was so crazy. The wind was hard and cold as well. (laughs) Um, I wondered how that affected you as a competitor. Like, you know, in general, did you go into the Olympics with a different mindset? And, you know, how was your Olympic experience in the end?
1: Um, I think... For better or worse, I knew coming in that I had to make the Olympics small in my mind. I had to, you know, kind of come in with the mentality of like, this is just another World Cup. This is just another sort of stop on the tour, which is one of the really cool things about alpine skiing is that the Olympics really are just another race in a long, amazing tour and you know the best in the world you know get a ticket to the olympics and kind of everybody looks at each other at that last world cup and they're like see you in a week and then you show up at the olympics and then you race the olympics and somebody wins and somebody doesn't win and then everybody's like see in a week and we go off and we do it again and that's something that's really cool and i was you know was a fan of the sport first we definitely got there and it was really cold. But I'm from Jackson Hole, which if anybody's ever been to Jackson Hole, it gets really cold there. (laughs) Not kind of the same windy cold that they had, and it was a little bit more humid than Jackson. Um, But we have some really cold weather there. Um, It's called Jackson Hole because it's a hole, and sometimes the cold air sits at the bottom of the hole. (laughs) And so, um, you know, the the cold didn't bother me too much. and it's sometimes nice, because it means you get longer breaks when you're training, <laughs> they'll let you go inside and warm up, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, but, you know, the, I made the Olympics small in my mind, and that kind of worked, you know, I am not gonna lie, I kind of have never been into sort of the hoopla or whatever, like, you know, the big, the big fireworks shows are really cool, but I'm not, that's not really why I'm there. I'm there because it's the pinnacle of sport. And that was, um, something really cool. But, um, you know, I wasn't really super bothered by, you know, things like the Olympic ceremonies. I know people who say like, you know, you walk into that stadium and then you're like, this is real. To me, I was like, okay, this is like, you know, a big show for some people on television. Like to me, like I wish as many people watched each and every one of the events as watched the opening ceremonies. Like I know it's like a really cool concert and stuff, but like what makes the Olympics special is that it's the height of sport, not that it's the height of fireworks. You know, I was lucky enough to feel like I walked away from my both my downhill and my super G run, um, having skied with absolutely everything that I had. I left it all out on the hill. And I knew coming in that I had a shot at a medal. Um, but I knew I needed to ski my best and some other people needed to screw up and I needed about four more people to screw up and they didn't because they're great skiers. And, um, you know, so I walked away with the feeling that I wanted to come back, um, to the Olympics and I wanted to be the favorite. I wanted to be the one everybody else was hoping would screw up. Um, and I feel like I'm getting to that point. So that's pretty special to me. Um, knowing going into, you know, what will hopefully be my second games. Um, what I enjoyed the most was hearing all the different athlete stories, um, both on Team USA and otherwise, I think hearing, how people got to the games is really cool because when you grow up in alpine a lot of people in alpine have kind of the same story you know their parents were really into the sport they taught them to ski at a very young age they got into skiing they got super serious about skiing they made the national team they made the world cup they made the olympics but that's not true of every sport. You know, I knew, you know, I met bobsledders who had been track and field athletes. They just really wanted to complete their Olympic dream. I knew people who had been, you know, randomly recruited. They ended up at some place at the right time. And they were like, do you want to learn to do luge? And, um, and they were like, what's luge? (laughs) Yeah, it's probably for the best that you just get on the sled and just trust us. (laughs) Um, But that was, like, really cool to, like, hear different people's stories and to realize that we were all, you know, at this place, at the pinnacle of sport, but had taken such different journeys to get there and had, you know, gone about it such different ways. And um, so that was really cool.
0: (laughs) I think then, given that it's one year to go until Beijing 2022 starts, I wonder, again, given what's happened with all the injuries, how much of an achievement it would be to be on the plane with that feeling of going to the Olympics yet again for a second time. And uh, it it struck me that perhaps there were moments where you thought that one Olympic experience was kind of, you know, that was going to be it. So, How exciting is it that you've got this to look forward to?
1: It has been an interesting journey um, between my two Olympic experiences uh, or, well, hopefully what would be my second Olympic experience. Um, I think, you know, after the injuries, I, you know, have had to come to terms that you're not, you know, I always kind of knew this, but I knew, but, you know, I really know now that you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed next year. You're definitely not guaranteed next quad. Um, And so you really just have to seize every day and seize every moment. And um, I think to go back to the Olympics um, would be really cool for me, but I have always, you know, wanted to vie for a medal. You know, as I left the Olympics last time, I said, you know, I wanted to Be one of the favorites. And, um, you know, I still believe that. I still want to go there um, prepared to represent my country, not just as an Olympian. To go to the Olympics and just compete at the Olympics is an amazing accomplishment and um, it's super cool. But to be, um, you know, one of those people who's looking to be the best at the Olympics is something incredible that very few people have the opportunity to do because, you know, the Olympics was always set up to be this sort of come together of the height of sport. And when you can really be the height of your sport, you're representing this thing that you've loved so much that I truly love so much and then you're kind of you know the the face of your sport you are you know so I you know love the sport I love downhill and um you know I want to I want to represent it I want to show it to the world I want to show it to Americans and um you know excite people and have people want to be downhillers, have people want to be an alpine, because it's an amazing sport. It's, you know, I think it's one of the hardest sports in the world because it's something where you learn this specific set of skills and then you have to apply it to totally different conditions every day, day in and day out. And they're like, you know, you're like, okay, I know how to turn, but like, what is this thing? And they're like, I don't know, figure it out. 80 miles an hour, by the way. (laughs) And that's just something that's so cool. It's, you know, not doing the same flip on the same piece of equipment 4,000 times. It's doing, you know, a flip with maybe you have to twist today to land on something you don't know what it's going to be like. And, you know, there's so many varying things that are going on at such high speeds, it's really hard to truly um explain it. But it's um it's something that's really special to me. And I definitely want to represent that to the world.
0: And to finish then, um team USA have just been doing so well in skiing at the moment in general. I mean your form obviously uh, it's been great. But also uh, Ryan Cochran-Siegel, he's had an excellent time recently until he got injured. And obviously, <laughs> Michaela Schifrin, she's not so bad either. <laughs> um, things are really looking up as a team for the United States in skiing. I mean, how does it feel to be kind of like um, in a movement, basically?
1: Yeah, I mean, that has been one of the coolest things this season, to be part of something that we have been building towards, but not achieving for so many years. And, you know, you look at, you know, the success of like Ryan Cochran Siegel, who, you know, has been through, you know, some crazy stuff with his knee, definitely much worse than mine. And, you know, it took him so long to get here. And I remember, you know, sitting with him in Park City, and he's like, I'm waiting for, you know, a cadaver piece that's going to be suitable to, like, put in my body, and I have no idea when that's going to happen, or, like, if they can't do that, then I can't do this, and, you know, he just trusted that, and it happened, and it worked, and it took him forever to get back, and he is, and it's really a story of, of triumph over adversity, of comeback. I mean, you look at Paul Molson, who was, you know, dismissed from the national team a few years ago, was essentially told, you're never going to be good enough. And, you know, she went off, she did her own thing, and she came back and she said, you're wrong, because I am good enough. And now she's out there showing the world, and that's so cool um, to be part of that story and to see, you know, Michaela triumphing over you know the adversity of her father. And I think this team has been through so much. Um, you know, and I think in the last few years we've been working really hard with the team on um, improving the culture, improving, um, you know, creating a space where leads are empowered to perform and feel supported to perform. Um, and I think that that is paying dividends. And, you know, it's, it's showing in um, success of different people. And that's really cool. And um, of course, going with that, it's been one of the most tragic years I can remember on the US ski team with so many injuries. Um, and I wish everyone the best. Um, but, you know, it's been very up and down. And hopefully we can find more ups and less downs going forward.
0: Well, there's a massive opportunity for a massive up, Breezy. I wish you all the best in competition. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in action. Uh, It's going to be awesome. And massive thanks for joining us. Good luck with everything.
1: Thank you very much. Olympic Olympic Channel Podcast. Podcast.
0: Another huge thank you to Breezy. She's scheduled to be in action on Saturday, February the 13th in the downhill. You can catch her on social media as Breezy Johnson. I'm Eddie Knowles with an I and an E, and we are Olympic channel across all social media. That is it for now. Stay safe, stronger together, and we'll see you very soon. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.